had the cranberries zombie playing in my head just now. Zombie, zombie, zombie. zombie in your head. Oh, okay. Back to the bin. You bring this in? Who's bringing us in? You are. Oh my god, me? Him. <laughs> Him. Hello, and welcome to Score Infinity War, or Score Thanos, or Score whatever we're going to talk about tonight. No, no, no. We're going to do Score kind of that, you know. Prelude to Infinity War, little Thanos talk. And as always, I am uh, Dr. Bill, unless I have another personality going on. And with me tonight is... What's your name again, Paul? Oh, yeah, Paul, that's right. It's Paul. Paul. No, but you're the producer. The yeah. Big P. And we have a special guest. Mr. Al Sedano. Wait, I thought I was Paul. <laughs> Oh, crap. No, you're Paul, right? Up? I'm not Al. Okay. You, but you can call me Al. There we wait. go. <laughs> how, how does this work? Do I speak first or do you speak first? Oh, wait, no, that's a different movie franchise. Sorry. That's, uh... Some people got that. Some people didn't. Oh, well. Anyway. All right. Now we're <laughs> off the rails. My job's done. See you later, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, why don't you get off the rails? Go, go back to your show. Which your show is, would you like to say? Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Hence wow, it's funny how that kind of dovetails on what we're talking tonight. I know, it's tonight. crazy. It's oh, that's why we asked Al to be on. Uh, yeah. And what you thought you? it was just pity. Are you playing <laughs> me tonight, Paul? <laughs> oh, it is just pity. <laughs> tonight, the role of Dr. Bill will be played by... Dr. Paul. <laughs> I will be the Bill Doocer. That sounds kind of... You're the guy who made Batman? You're Bill Dozier? No. That'd be awesome. And I'm not Bill Finger either. Either one would be cool. Yeah. Probably require a Ouija board. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, I thought I heard some odd noises coming from the Chinese laundry. (laughs) I had to turn my head for a second and go, it sounded like water. Not, not a good sign. No, definitely not. No. So uh, as we sit here recording today, now I'm going to go through the time travel aspect again. Okay. So as we sit here recording today, it's a week before Avengers. Not even a week. Infinity War opens, less than a week. But Five this, days, baby. This will post, hopefully, <laughs> if barring any kind of problem, the day after it opens. Oh. And then several weeks later, the episode that Al and I recorded last week will post. Is anybody's head hurting? Uh, Normally does. <laughs> no more and so then, than normal. Uh, and then who who knows whenever we'll post whatever we're going to record with Scott this week. The Shadow does. <laughs> we, maybe we should do a Shadow show. <laughs> I'm Alec Baldwin. <laughs> you, you can be. 
Mm. I, I mean, but I'm talking young Alec Baldwin in The Shadow. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Yes, my con. So, Thanos. Let's let's go into into this a little bit. Uh, now, I started reading comics on a regular basis very shortly after Thanos was created. I think the first issue I read that he was featured in. I believe was Captain Marvel number 32, which Al recently covered on his show. Yeah. Uh, what was what was your first exposure to the character, Al? Um, actually, <clears throat> excuse me. I actually have to. I'm trying to remember. It would either have been probably Infinity Gauntlet one or the reprint uh, reprint Warlock series that reprinted these Starlin issues. Okay. In the so, 90s, but I think that came out after Infinity Gauntlet, so it would be Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, well, the Infinity Gauntlet, I mean, and we talked about this in, I don't know if it's actually part of the episode or if it was just our side discussion, but, uh, you know, the, the character was kind of killed off uh, in one of the storylines that we're covering today, mm-hmm. and then he was gone for, what, about well, 12 he was years a, or so? He wasn't totally killed off. I mean, he was more like kind of... Turned into stone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he was alive while he was in the stone. That was kind of said in the... In the Marvel two and one, well, he was considered dead. I mean, in Death was, of Captain Marvel, he's there to bring Captain Marvel to death. Yeah. Welcome to death. Hey, come on in. That's my Thanos voice. Chas Brolin's got nothing on me. <laughs> I need the stones now. I want to see that cut of the movie. <laughs> see now. Now I got to go look up the trailer and and I got to say the lines. Okay, well I can't remember any of the lines from but, the trailer. I'll look but, that up. Well, but either way, know. either way, he was more or less dead. Yeah, so he came back around eighty nine, ninety, something like that, in Silver Surfer. Right. Right. And when, coincidentally, when Jim Starlin started writing it, go figure. Well, and I, I guess it's a plus that it's the same, you know, his creator writing him because I didn't think even with that big layoff that he came back as a very different character. I thought he came back you know, fairly similar to what he had been uh, as far as, again, the characterization. Although I think in the later incarnations, they gave him a little bit more depth and he became just a little bit less villainous and a little bit more <laughs> megalomaniacal. <laughs> megalomaniacal, excuse me. Yeah, more or less all four of those characters that appear and die in this storyline uh, with Thanos, Warlock, Pip, and Gamora since they were dead until Starlin wrote them again, pretty much stayed, at least at that time, more or less the same as they were before. Right. right. And uh, it's, it's I don't know, I found it really weird and, you know, we're, again, we're covering some of the stuff here, but when they started to do like Thanos series, I, just, I found that to be amazing because I never saw him as, you know, really a guy who would have his own book. And yet here we are. Yeah. He's had multiple series, actually. And, you know, to, for them to be, you know, they've really kind of, you know, they're, they've been building up the Marvel Cinematic Universe around him, kind of. And now now we're going to get our first real major look at him this week. But, you know, it's been quite some time. When when did, the, was it the first Guardians movie? Was the first? Avengers. Oh, yeah, the very end of, the, of Avengers. That's right. So I He mean, shows up. Yeah, he was, uh. Uh, in the post credit scene. Yeah, he was like their version of having Nick Fury show up at the end of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of thought it would be cool 
which they didn't do. So, you know, clearly they're not listening to me. But I thought it would have been cool if they did uh, the Thanos quest as a series of post post movie, uh, you know, the, the post movie drops. Yeah. Have acquiring the Infinity Stones slowly after each movie. That would have, because that's an awesome series, Thanos Quest. The only issue with that is that since they've been kind of showing the Infinity Stones are in the possession of major characters, for the yeah. most part. Yeah, I mean, which, maybe the one or two, that like I think, like, what? Does the Collector have one, I think, still? Uh, he's probably got the Aether, or he did. And then he's, well, no, he didn't have the Power Stone. That went back to the uh, uh, the Nova Corps. Mellow Street, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. no, it is true because in in the Thanos Glenn Quest, Close, not Meryl Street. In Glenn the Thanos Close, Quest, the uh, the Collector had one, the Gardener had one. I can't even remember. Oh, Grandmaster, the Runner, yeah. the the Champion. Yeah, yeah it was so all the Runner. Oh, sorry. So it, it it wasn't you know the Vision and uh, uh, Doctor Strange and those characters. So I guess it's a little different. But you know but, they, they could have set it up for it. I don't know. I just thought it would have been a cool way of building up to this. But now I don't know what we're going to see in the movie. They may actually have the, you know, the first half of it might be the Thanos quest for all I know. Yeah, and actually thinking about it as we were talking about it, you're right. They actually could have done a little bit of it because there's no reason why you couldn't get it from the Collector and for the Nova Corps and at the end of other movies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he's getting it from Doctor Strange or the Vision. That will have to happen in this movie, but those other two, yeah, they could have been on his like, little after credit like five-minute scenes. And we've seen the actual gauntlet a couple of times, so it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they bring this uh, bring this to life on the screen. I'm I'm looking forward to to checking it out. Oh, so am I. I actually already have a ticket. As do I. Uh, I I don't have a ticket yet, but I'm sure I can get in. No ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, uh, I just realized who I was basing my Thanos off of. I was think I was doing a a lighter version of Pete Puma. <laughs> In time, you will know what it's like to lose, to feel so desperately that you're right, yet to fail all the same. Dread it. Run from it. Destiny still arrives. I'm the little feller's mother, Mrs. Rabbit. Mrs. Thanos. (laughs) Who is Thanos' Thanos. And then, uh, who's, who's mentor's Thanos? wife. Thank you, Bill. Da, da, da. That's why you're here. That's why my avatar is mentor. Actually, I'll tell you who his, his mom is. Do, 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 I'm do, pretty do, sure do, Thanos do. killed his mother, but I... Yeah. No, well, son. in the book that I have, he bombs, um, Titan, and his mother dies in the, um, explosion. Yes. Uh, that um... But isn't there another series that kind of retcons that, that he killed her? I I've, think. I remember hearing about it. I think it uh, might be one of the more recent ones, but I, yeah. like miniseries that pe- by people other than Starlin, but I have not read those. Yeah, I seem to remember some, something like that, or at least when at least it showed when he was born that she was, like, flipping out because of because he had the deviant gene that made him look yeah. like a scroll. Which is funny because in like one of these books, I, forget, I think it's the one I have. Yeah, he says she says pity. She was one of the few people I would have spared. Yeah, I actually I think it's mine. I'm not sure, or maybe it is in yours. It's in one of them. Uh, yeah, it's in yours, I believe. Yeah, I can't remember. Okay, I'll believe you because I can't remember which. But yeah, so it's kind of funny that they switch that up. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, Thanos. This has been building. Well, let's see. Avengers came out in 2012, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this has been building for uh, six years. I mean, because I don't think they didn't really have plans on this. I mean, the first thing was to build to the Avengers, and then, then they started dropping this along the way too. But we're actually in. This is the end of Phase Three, right? Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I have to wonder. At what point did they decide on that? Like, at what point did they realize that the Terrasect, you know, the Cosmic Cube was going to be an Infinity Stone? I'm thinking that they kind of had that in mind all along since they had Thanos show up at the uh, end of that movie. Yeah, but I mean, that was in a. But since that showed up in the Cap movie before that. So I'm wondering if they had decided that when they did Cap or they decided that by the time that, you know, they did Avengers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. My suspicion is all along, even when they did. It's possible. Just well, because they, the Tesseract seem to, is the, seems to be so well thought out. Because the Tesseract is the space stone, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I mean, because that's is... what allows. That's because Loki and Thor use it in a little container to transport themselves to um, Asgard at the end of the Avengers. And that's what makes that giant teleportation portal in Avengers for the what they call the the Shatari right. to show up. Right, right, and then supposedly the. We, we can assume the Red Skull was teleported somewhere when he tried to pick it up and grab it. Exactly. Although, who knows if we'll ever see the Red Skull again. Well, I don't think we're going to see Hugo weaving as the Red Skull again, but we could see... You are failing! We, we could see a different actor at some point, I think. That's a shame. He was good as the Red Skull. He, he was very good, but... Yeah. They've, they've done a good enough job of casting that I think if they have to recast it, they'll still be okay. They could always go with his uh, psyche being in the Red, in the cube like it was at one point, along with Adolf Hitler. That was oh, years no one ago. Needs, no one needs that part. <laughs> like, you are a rotten roommate! <laughs> the odd couple. <laughs> Johan, where is my stuff? Shut up, Adolf! You're a slob. Yeah, I don't think the German version of the odd couple will go over well. Probably not. Yeah. Let's just get on to our books. Yeah, why don't we? You, you, yeah, have, you have the first. You have the first book on our hit parade today, Bill. So, and probably the most notable of the three. Yes. And not actually, there is no probably about it. It is the most notable of the three. Well, and I picked uh, surprise, surprise, an Avengers book, King Size Annual Number Seven. And a little note: this story is finished up in Marvel Two and One Annual Numero Two anyone would care to finish the rest of the story, the rest of the story. But I think we'll discuss a little bit of it anyway in our discussion of this. Uh, the story is The Final Threat. And on our cover of King Size Annual Number 7, it says The Avengers, a double-length epic of cosmic conflict with special guest stars Warlock and Captain Marvel. Battle Thanos, Lord of Evil, and we have the Avengers basically and Captain Marvel in like a fisticuffs with and Avengers on this picture are Thor, Vision, Iron Man, Cap, the Beast. And I think that's any everybody that's on the cover. You got Captain Marvel in the background, and way up on a rock watching the action is Adam Warlock and way in the way in the background is a floaty, cosmic-y, disembodied head of Thanos with glowing eyes looking on 
not really laughing, but just looking angry, angry Thanos. I believe our cover is, ah, yes, our cover is Jim Starlin, who also did the inks on the cover as well. Uh, what do you guys think of the cover? I, I think it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's it's typical Jim Starlin battle scene. Mm-hmm. The the aliens are, are you know he, he's he's got his own way of drawing aliens and they they are very similar uh, in general appearance. A lot of times, you usually have the one uh, like crocodile guy around who's not on this cover, but you know he, he there's a, there's definitely Jim Starlin standards that you see. Uh, yeah, we got like the bug eyes, the guy with like the fly type eyes that yes. punches, uh, the caps punching. That's definitely There's always a, a cyborg or two. Yeah, definitely the motif. Yeah. You know, you see him use a lot, but but it's effective in the way he draws them. Um, he, I mean, it, it's it's a good action scene. I like the way Thanos looks. Overall, as a comic collector, I really like this cover. As a kid going to the newsstand, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Mm. I don't know if this is going to make a kid say, hey, let me get it, except for the fact that there's all these heroes on it. But that's, you know, right. that's always in the Avengers, you know, not every issue. But you issue, think it looks, but... it looks a little too busy, maybe? Is that why you think a kid wouldn't really click with this? Yeah, that's like that's along the lines of what I'm thinking, that maybe a kid like might Like, it's almost messy. It. It's like almost too much go, go, going on that you can't see the heroes because they're all kind of jumbled, mixed in with the bad guys. There's but no... again, as a collector, I like it a lot. Right. Yeah. But I mean, also, if you're if we're going for a kid in the time, if you weren't reading Captain Marvel or Warlock, you don't really. I mean, with one or two brief exceptions, Thanos really doesn't appear a lot. So it almost right. looks like you got oh, the Avengers are fighting generic alien guys. Well, the Great. last time the well, that, the last time Thanos popped up in the Avengers was like back in one twenty five. Yeah, so we're talking about twenty, almost two years prior. And he really didn't do much in the issue. Yeah. But let them fight his army and then kind of like hide behind their chimney at the end. (laughs) Yeah, the hiding behind the chimney thing. I I remember reading that as a kid and thinking, what the heck is that about? Yeah, and that's right in the middle. That comes between Captain Marvel 32 and Captain Marvel 33. So you're reading these epic... If you're reading Captain Marvel, you got this epic story with Thanos. And then you go to Avengers and you're like, he's sitting there hiding behind the chimney like, hee-hee-hee-hee. (laughs) <laughs> it's like what the hell? It's very very weird. So our um, Jim Starlin is also our writer, uh, and he's the penciler on the inside. Joe Rubenstein is does the inks. Uh, lettering is Tom Orzakowski. Coloring is Patrick Goldberg. Editor is uh, Archie Goodwin. And I'm trying to see if there's anybody else. Uh, uh, Dan Crispy did the letters on the um, on the cover. And you have to excuse because Dr. Bill's Chinese laundry is getting a full swing because the washer is kicking in the high gear. So Get those stains out. Yes. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? <laughs> Some people get that. Some people won't. I kind of do. Few- we we have a few flashbacks to cover because that because uh, once as as always I'm reading from the official Marvel index to the Avengers and they discuss a few flashbacks that'll give us uh, that are going to be through the book that are for some reason they don't read them with the synopsis so in one flashback Thanos forms an alliance with Death everybody knows that bombs Titan which is also in your story Al creates an intergalactic army develops personal might and searches for more power. Which is pretty much seems to be his nom de plume 
all the yeah. time anyway. Captain, uh, another flashback, Captain Marvel and the Avengers Battle Thanos. That, like we just discussed, was in Avengers 125 back in 1974. Oh, this book also came out in uh, towards the end of 19, was the annual for 1977. Yes. Uh, Thanos learns of and collects five Infinity Gems. Sounds familiar. Thanos oh. and Adam Warlock fight for fight Magus, and Thanos secretly siphons Adam's Soul Gem, and that was in Warlock 10 through 11. 1975-1976. Thanos creates a synthetic gem from the Infinity Gems and mortally wounds Gamora when she discovers his plot for destruction. On the eve of destruction. Alright, now on to the synopsis proper. Adam Warlock encounters the dying Gamora who tells him of Thanos' plan for interstellar genocide. Warlock absorbs Gamora's spirit into his soul gem and heads to Avengers Mansion, where Captain Marvel and Moondragon compelled by a sense of foreboding, have gathered with the Avengers. Warlock tells the heroes that Thanos has acquired the power of six soul gems and has created a giant synthetic gem to destroy stars across the cosmos to regain the favor of death. I just gotta say, Thanos is one whipped dude. But anyway. Oh, God, yes, he is. (laughs) The Star Corps satellite detects Thanos' armada heading for Earth and... The Avengers, Marvel, and Warlock head into space to fight the Mad Titan's army of interplanetary malcontents. Intergalactic, intergalactic... Oh, sorry. Planetary. The heroes, <laughs> the heroes storm the Armada's flagship where Warlock discovers his friend Pip. He's a Pip. Murdered by Thanos. Warlock absorbs Pip's spirit and he and Marvel locate Thanos. Marvel smashes Thanos' ion laser projector and falls unconscious. Thanos fells Warlock, but Thor attacks him, and Iron Man destroys his his synthetic gem. The thwarted villain teleports away. Marvel awakens and sees a second Warlock appear from the past. Ha! What? And absorb the spirit... Wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a weird part. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Marvel awakens and sees a second Warlock appear from the past and absorb the spirit of his dying present self. Okay. Warlock finds himself reunited with friends in a peaceful world inside his soul gem. The end. Ah, not quite. To be continued in Marvel 2 and 1, annual number 2. Which I'm sure we'll discuss, like I said. Ah. Oh, okay. Uh, No, there... There, the, there's a note here uh, that says, yes, continued in the other book. Uh, called Soul Gems in this story, the six Infinity Gems include Adam Warlock's Green Soul Gem, um, first in Marvel Premiere number one, 1972, Gardeners, Gardeners, not Scott Gardner, <laughs> Orange Red Time Gem in Marvel Team Up 55 in 1977, Stranger's Red Pink Power Gem, the Blue Mind Gem, the Yellow Reality Gem, and the Purple Space Gem. The later four appeared here for the first time, but are unnamed. The sixth and seventh, the Ego Gem, are revealed to be constitute the essence of the primordial beating, being Nemesis in Avenger. Oh, yeah, this is Avengers Ultra Force number one and Ultra Force Avengers number one, which were built yeah. out in 95. Yeah, that last gem doesn't show up until then, and I don't, I don't know if it's shown up really a lot since. Was that the one that was black? I, I don't remember because I've got those, and I was getting those when they came out. But it's been because that was with 
uh, Rune and all those yeah. other characters from the Ultraverse when they were doing yeah. crossovers and stuff. Yeah, at the end of Warlock and the Infinity Watch, all the gems vanished because they went into the Ultraverse. Mm. And I started reading some of that. I mean, I was reading those anyway when they first started, and I know I was reading some of that Ultra Force issues because that was uh, Warren Ellis was writing it. Ugh. And I had liked him on Doom 2099 and Excalibur, so. Yeah. Well, first off, I gotta say, I love the art in this book. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's. It, there's no complaint here. I mean, it's it, it's beautiful. That first page of Warlock standing there with the cape, half in black, with the giant planet or moon behind him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with the ruined um, building that he's, uh, you know, I mean, even, it's not like the level of uh, George Perez rubble. No, or, no one could do that. Right. George Perez. But it's still good. And uh, poor Gamora. Oh, man. Phew. Yeah. She's not long for this world. Yeah, and it's kind of funny that this ends like this because the last time she was shown was in Warlock number 15, which is the last issue of that series because Jim Starlin left Marvel at the time. And at that time, she was in a spaceship looking for Adam Warlock, and Drax the Destroyer flew right through it and destroyed it. Mm. So I'm sure if anyone had read that and then was a hero, I was like, wait, what do you mean Thanos? I thought Drax attacked you. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and then after she talks to him a little bit, and then he's got the... The one, it's not a full splash, but basically, Adam is, he's pretty pissed. Oh, yeah, the one where he, his name's in all the special re- lettering. It's, it's in the special font. Yeah. Adam Warlock, and his hands are out uh, in front of him. Well, that's one of those panels that you see. There are, like, a couple panels from here that if you, like, look up Adam Warlock or Adam Warlock Thanos, usually come up. Like, this panel's one of them. And there's also the one of later on of him punching Thanos, calling himself Adam Warlock the God Slayer. Yeah, uh, there's something I've always I don't know if it's a thing that Starlin does or just some of his characters he creates has this this little I don't know, I don't want to say uh tick is not the word I'm looking for. Uh but when he draws them Adam looks like he's got the heavy black eye makeup around his eyes. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Like it's more in shadow than like almost it looks like in shadow, but if you see him in other pages in the story his eyes are preferably always, they always look like they have a black ring around him. Same thing with Thanos, but that's, you know, Thanos is more so that's the way he's, he's always looked. But well, like, Thanos when you look, has like, those, yeah. like how he draws the other characters in the book, they don't have that. But some of his characters always seem to like, is it, it seems like it's a trope that he does with some of his created, um, I, of course, I can't think of where I've seen it, but I know I've seen it. Yeah, I think he likes the stuff that. he did for DC. I think he just likes that look because I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm not Adam, saying there's anything wrong with. It. Oh yeah, I'm just saying I think because that's how Adam looks. I'm pretty sure that's meant to be there. You know, if you were looking at him, you would see the black around his eyes. But I don't remember thing. if that was like his early. I'm I'm, I'm going to take a quick look. I don't remember if that has always been the way. You know what? I'm trying to remember. If, I know we've probably discussed this on the show, but it's been so long since we did issues from earlier on that I don't remember if he did have it or not there. I'm glancing around at different yeah, that's always at least when he's Adam Warlock, he's pretty much always got the black eyes like the the black rings around his eyes. Okay. I don't know if it was like that when he was him. Um, I don't think when he was him it was like that but he's only him for a few issues anyway. Right. 
I mean, well, technically six issues, but really it's only four issues. Well, really uh, like I three issues. I just pulled up him. Yeah, because there's one of... No, no, it's not, because there's showing one with Kirby, and it, no, he did not have the black, black So guy. that's probably more of a... Uh, oh, God, Gil Kane thing. Because mm. Gil Kane's the one who would have redesigned him for Marvel Premiere number one. Oh. Because there was... Um, oh... Starlin did... What did he do? Dreadstar. That's it. I yes. Knew, that was the epic line. Yeah, that was one of his creator-owned series. Trying to see if there was a guy in there that had the same... Because, yep, yep, there's one of the, there's one guy there, uh, like a red guy, guy with a red mohawk. Oh, I guess maybe he liked it, because, I mean, he did that for Gamora. Oh, yeah, duh. We have somebody else in this issue with that same thing going on. Yeah, okay. and he created her, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure that that's for when we see flashbacks with her people. They all have that. Ah, whoops! I've lost my lost my place. There I guess go. it's one of his ways of. I guess he liked that, and it's one of his ways of making you know aliens. Give them make it look like they haven't slept in a while. <laughs> Eye makeup. They're goth. They're goth aliens. Or maybe, you know, those popular bed can too. I mean, Dazzler had the eye makeup at that time. Kitty Pride was wearing eye makeup. Mm. When she had the green costume. Now, after Adam gets all mad, then we cut to the Avengers mansion. And I really like I really like that opening shot of the Avengers with Tony Stark. Oh, excuse me, Iron Man. Yeah, <laughs> the way he's standing at the window. Boy, that's a uncomfortable that's not a relaxed pose. I mean He's in the armor. He might be passed out for all they know. I know. He just looking out the window. Oh, he says, I uh, was it? Wanda says, I tell you, he hasn't moved from that window in three hours. <laughs> it's such a daddy, he's probably asleep. He has the armor, the noise, the microphone shut off so they can't hear the snoring. Mm-hmm. It's like, armor, alert me if anyone, armor, alert me if anyone comes by within, you know, five feet and record what they say around me. Exactly. That way and I know he'll respond. Next down there, uh, you notice that Beast has a, uh, like a bottle in his foot. He's using his, his like leg to hold a bottle. Yeah, and he's giving Cap champagne from his foot. <laughs> it's like, really, dude? Cap even looks like, uh, no thanks. I'll pass. Well, forget the champagne. It's like, would Cap really be that interested in the Beast's love life? <laughs> well, I know he seems to be. Well, what happened then? Yeah, I, I, I just find that weird. Uh, you think that shot of Wanda is photo reference from anything from the time in the 70s? I can't really think of who. I mean, but I think it's a nice shot of, 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 of her. Oh, the next page, the first panel of her in Vision? Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, would explain, because it looks a little different than most other things of her, so. Mm-hmm. So that's N- a possibility. Nice touch when um, Marvel, uh, when uh, C- Captain Marvel and Moondragon come in through the window, is that you notice the rain? Through- the rain on the floor? Yes, because it's pouring outside yeah. when they do the establishing shot of mm-hmm. New York right before we get into the mansion. And yeah, they are dripping wet. I had that down too. I love that little extra detail that they're all dripping wet. But yet Marvel's hair is perfect. He's got a lot of product in that hair. It, it's Cree product. It, it <laughs> it's, keeps wait, it, that's his cosmic power. That's what it is. Yes. A hey, little, little, little tap tap with the nega bands. I don't even can't tell if he's wearing them in this or not. And uh, he's like, yeah, my hair is fine. Moon Dragon, of course, you know, she has no hair, so who cares? Just yeah. rolls right off her. 
And this is obviously still somewhat early in Moondragon's appearances since they don't, you know, go, Moondragon, go home right away. <laughs> Please leave. We hate you. So did we get a nice shot of, uh, um, like, they've got each of the, each of them in thought or grimacing. Um, All right, they're trying to figure out what is this grim summons that has brought us here today. Yeah. And then well, uh, you we, see one of Thanos' ships, or his ship, uh, blowing up a star. Yeah, it's pretty close to that star. He must have good shields or something on there. Yeah, and now here's the thing that I, that's interesting to me. So that star is blown up, because that's what Thanos wants to do. And obviously if there's planets around it, they're toast. Mm-hmm. And Moondragon reacts to that. You know, I felt the psychic screams of undi- unbelieving millions dying suddenly, unexpectedly. Now, 1977, does that remind you of any movies? Uh, was, what was the exact date this came out? And that's the thing that's interesting about it. It came out August 3rd, 1977. Star Wars would have been, was what, May, right, May 1977? So, mm. would, wouldn't this have been, I mean, like, what's the lead time on this? I mean, did he just basically do this in, like, in a month? You know, like, right away? Probably, because... I mean... A month or two max, and that still would put Star Wars first. But that's not the first time that it had ever been um, brought up in science fiction because they just had this discussion on um, uh, Star Trek Monthly Monday where they talked about Spock could sense when the Intrepid with um, a ship full of Vulcans was killed. And that was oh, okay. like 67. So it's, it's not like a, you know, ah, oh, they did it first. They did it first. No, they did it first. You know. Yeah, but I'm just wondering if it was a but yeah, it could have been in someone's year. head. But but that's not outside the realm of her power. She's she's and she was a prime candidate for the celestial Madonna throne, you know, mantle yeah. as well. <laughs> I ju- I just find it interesting that I mean, obviously it's there's a good chance it's a Star Wars homage or influenced by since depending when he did it. But it would just be really interesting if he had if this was being done before Star Wars came out, and within like a month of that coming out, we have this scene. Mm-hmm. And then we have one of the weird parts of the issue, because the Beast obviously has issues with psychics. Because, you know, he never met any psychics. He wasn't taught by psychics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, although he, you know, he was with Professor X, so Professor X probably mind-wiped him. Oh, that's true. Doesn't remember he's a psychic or anything, you know. He's like, I'm, I'm a, I don't know what I am. <laughs> I'm just your teacher. I right, think I okay. I think I used to be part of a team, but I don't remember anymore. Yeah. And then in walks him, as Thor cries out. But it's, uh, it's Adam Warlock. And yeah. he tells him, basically he gives him the lowdown of what's going on and gives him the flashbacks. Um, it's like, yeah, we know this already. We all fought him. Yeah. He's, Marvel filled us in. We know about the whole thing. Jump ahead to the part after he fought Marvel. <laughs> he's in love with death. He wants the Cosmic Cube. He wants this. He wants that. Yeah. yeah, he's death's little bitch. <laughs> and then he is. Then we, he totally is. Yeah, yeah. He's the guy that wants that chick that wants nothing to do with him, and then he does everything for her. And she just, you know, has her eye on somebody else, and will we'll gladly take his little baubles of affection. And you know, I'm just gonna stop there because this is starting to hurt. <laughs> yeah, she has no interest in him whatsoever. Well, he's just a tool. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, because he's kind of beneath her. I mean, 
feel I mean you could look looking at it that way, she's a primal force of, of the universe and he's just a nut job. Kind of. Yeah. I've been going through death death's appearances in different you know, books from Marvel. And yeah, she's death's just basically this death is not the death in DC. Mm-mm. Death in DC no. is you know, she's nice, but like she has a job to do and that's what it is. This death likes death. Like this is like she's just looking for things to entertain herself. Mm-hmm. So Thanos is just another way of passing the time. You know, keeping her busy. Yeah, so the big reveal that Adam tells her tells them is that yeah, he's basically he's giving a love offering to death. Um, the stars. And they're like, the stars? Yes, he plans on blowing every star out of the heavens. Really? How long would it take him to do that? But I guess that's why he wants the gems. No, he's also, uh, you know, an eternal. So he's got time. So he's a very patient man. And uh, we cut to Pip, who uh, shows up on Thanos' ship just to hang out. Yeah. I always kind of like Pip the Troll. I especially like him later on when they bring him back. Yeah, on my show we figured out the best way is that Pip the Troll probably sounds like Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Thanos is not his buddy. No, no. <laughs> Poor Pip. This is not going to go well for him. No, but we'll find out what happens, you know. Thanos has got the big giant finger a doom point in his face i thought we was i thought we was pals <laughs> i'm not gonna do pete puma as thanos <laughs> so then yeah. we cut to uh i believe that's uh oh i can't remember the name of the guy that's on star core one well it doesn't look like him though that's i mean i'm thinking of dr peter corbu yes that's, Corbu, that's, that doesn't yeah. look like him it's it's probably the guy that's on watch hey like, there's, there's an armada coming Oh no! We got a lot of ships. We're in trouble. I was gonna. I mean, luckily, he doesn't say anything like the stars are going out because then we'd have to call bullshit on that. Well, plus wanted... they already did that story in Warlock a few years ago with Star Thief. Mm. <laughs> but uh, nah, never mind. I don't want to get into the science for the time it would take for the light to reach and all that. It's science. That's science. All you know. It's stand science. So the Avengers head on to space, and we get a scene that reminds me, although this is, I had to remember this came out two years or three years before, uh, was it that last issue of X-Men with the Dark Phoenix saga? Oh, where everybody is like being all contemplative and contemplative. Right before that big battle of the Imperial Guard for Jean Grey's life. Yeah. And you can tell which characters like the creative team is more interested in, which ones they're less interested in, because some characters, well... There, they got, like, a page or two each. Here, it was, like, you know, a couple rows of panels. Mm-hmm. Or a panel each. Mm. Obviously, Starlin's interest is Moondragon, Iron Man, and Marvel. Yeah, because everybody else only gets one panel, basically. Yeah. Evil! Hmm. Ooh, that's a big armada. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of ships. Well, they say it's bigger than the Skrull Armada, so I'm assuming they're talking about the Kree-Skrull War. Mm. Yeah. And so yeah. Thor and so, Iron Man head out to sp- break up the ships. Yeah, they actually are... Well, Thor is flying through the ships. Or, no, wait. He threw he threw the hammer through it. Yeah, so, twice. Uh, 
Thor uses lightning in space. <clears throat> uh, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, they're taking out these ships pretty easily. Yeah, but it's all a dis. Well, I don't want to say it's a distraction, but so anyway, everybody else sneaks on board. Um, although where's uh, where's Warlock? Warlock um, vanished though before they even left. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you go back to it, he tells them the story. He says he wants the he wants to build the stars, and then we cut to Pip meeting Thanos, and then when they go back, that's right. And they're like, "Hey, where's Warlock?" I just read this, and I'm. <laughs> And everybody does their own little battles with aliens on the ship. We got a one nice splash of uh, like a group shot with, yeah. And there's there's like the crocodile alien guy that Cap's fighting. He's got like the the reptilian look to him. Yeah, my favorite is the pig alien that the Vision fights. <laughs> he kind of looks like um oh god what's his name Max Rebo from Return of the Jedi. He's on Jabba's uh, he's on oh, Jabba's yeah, palace. Yeah. The blue guy playing the uh, the keyboard. He also looks like the guards that were in the the 80s Flash Gordon movie that sounded like pigs when you shot them. Yes. Except they were kind of tall and svelte, but they had the same like snout-looking thing on them. Uh, back on that big splash, you've got um, the Beast is fighting a guy that's got... He's got a regular humanoid body, but then he's got one big eye in his on his face, and then he's got three tentacles coming out of his head yeah starlin's creation of <laughs> aliens is weird there's one issue of warlock where he has like a couple aliens and one of them is just a head with a hand what looks like a hand on the bot underneath the chin for you know, oh yeah moving around oh yeah that's right that's right oh the, there is a crocodile guy i missed him he's at the top he's got a little he's like a crocodile with a little helmet on next to the flying monkey that's attacking marvell well, there's Are also he, looks like a crocodile with dragonfly wings. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. What was he smoking? I, I have to say, well, yes. I mean, as far as, like, creation of, like, alien races, Jim Starlin is not, you know, the best, let's say, at making, like, these different alien races. But they're fun. Because they're mm-hmm. just, like, you know, these, like, it's a crocodile guy with a, uh, you know, with a helmet. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> He's got one eye and tentacles out of his head. And then, like, further on, Cap's fighting a few, and there's 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 a snake. There's just a snake there with a helmet. Yes. <laughs> My favorite is the one that... How does he put fight. the helmet on? Does he, does he, like, set... Does he shove his face down into it on the ground? Yeah. He uses the tail. Oh. No, uh, but my so, favorite is Quillar, the massive, that fights uh the beast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hard, sit on a Quillar. Well, you know he's an my... alien. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. But yeah, he's got the cybernetic arms, and he's got the, like the exposed brain. It has a. Well, yeah, I was saying he. I said to myself, he looks like a combo between Gorilla Garad, the brain, and Cyborg. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he has apostrophe in his name, so you know he's an alien. Quillar, the massive. And then uh, Marvel bursts through a door and finds uh, finds Pip. Lobotomized. Adam Warlock's there. Yeah, he's basically, you know. So. He had like Adam, one friend, and that was it. <laughs> well, two. He had Gamora. Well, kind of. Yeah, was, she was a kind of friend. So he sucks him up. Dud. Gone. 
And then they head off to where Thanos really is. Yeah. With, uh, Uh-oh. He's actually at... Bum, 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 Earth. Yeah, he's on the other side of the sun, ready to blow it up. Which wouldn't he be by Counter-Earth? But was Counter-Earth around anymore at this point? I don't remember. Uh, I, it's, it's come and gone so many times, it's hard to tell anymore. I know Frank brought it back at one point and... Yeah, I think it was still there, because I think when it goes away is in Marvel Team 2-in-1, but that's after Warlock's dead. Mm. But yeah, so they take so Captain Marvel takes out Thanos' giant gun. The ion projector. And then Warlock shows up, and that that's the panel I was telling you, is you look up Adam Warlock and Google images, and usually you'll see this image, the one where he's punching Thanos. Mm. Adam Warlock, the Godslayer, has come for you, demon. Prepare to die. And Thanos cool. is not taking his crap. He just kills him. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, he smacks him, he backhands him, he blasts him, and Warlock goes down. Thud. Down for the count. It's great. And then Thor, Thor and Thanos go at it. And he's got... Uh, it's kind of funny. He's got one hand all glowing like it's got power. Ooh, yeah, but he had that before, so... Yeah. Um, but they smash up his gem, so he's like, you guys suck. Broke my gem. My gem is broken. So he teleports away. Meanwhile, in the adjoining chamber, this is yeah. where we're like, what? This is where it gets weird. <laughs> yeah, Marvel wakes up to see two Adam Warlocks. Because this is what happened at the end of the Mega story in a Warlock number 11. He redrew it, but all the dialogue is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Because Adam Warlock went to the future to make sure kill himself and absorb his soul, so he didn't become the Magus. Hmm. Hmm. So. And Marvel's like, I don't know what I just saw. So then he goes. So then he goes. So, all right. So this is one from the past. So wait a minute. Wouldn't he already know this is happening? That's the thing I have. That's the thing that I find weird is that Adam Warlock technically went into the Soul Gem first because he was sucked into the Soul Gem, you know, a year, you know, year ago, back in Warlock Eleven. Pip and Gamora would have been newcomers. Ah, uh, well, so confused. it's obviously now. Obviously, he wasn't thinking about that. He probably just did it for the dramatic effect. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering something now because if anyway, if you're reading any of the new Infinity Countdown stuff that they're doing. No, I, I haven't read any of that. I'm not not yet. I I can only get so many new books. Understood. Well, they do a, one of them. They do a flash. They do a, a, a or, re, recap Adam's origin, and in one of them they show this. But they have Drax the Destroyer there in the Soul in the Soul World too. But I'm wondering now if this is kind of implying that there's no time in Soul in the Soul World. Mm. You know, so just because you were sucked in first doesn't mean you would show up first. Maybe. Right. Like but, time's all loopy in there. But he's so he's gone in the future to kill himself and sucked himself into the soul gem. Yes. So now he's in the soul gem in the past with himself. Yes. So then he goes back into the. F- <laughs> yeah. Never mind. It's time travel. Uh, yeah. Time travel with in a place where time doesn't exist. <sighs> It's like Chinatown. Don't think about it. So he actually, but, and then later, when they all come back, and he, I mean, 
Uh, never mind. I'm just going to stop right there. We're talking about <laughs> Thanos, not Adam Warlock. I know. You're going to hurt yourself otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so all of that basically comes to the end where he's like, hey, I'm going to live happily ever after. Screw the rest of the universe. Yeah. Well, he's dead, so what are you going to do? Well, why didn't his future self help them? I mean, his past self. Ah, never mind. Well, he didn't know. And he was just but he was just changing oh, time. Oh, that's right, because the only person that was there was Marvell, and he probably wasn't he didn't really see paying him. attention to him anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he was just trying to do, deal with the mate, stop himself from becoming the Magus. So basically, he did that and kind of, you know, changed time. So all of a sudden, he he goes back and. Mm. Yeah. But I do like this because if you're reading the Warlock series, he had sucked a lot of these people's souls out and he felt horrible for, for the most part. So it's kind of nice to see that everyone's happy there. They're like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, we're going to get you later. You and there's one of uh, Starlin's aliens, the giant head with arms the and legs. Head. Yeah. That's Krator. Awesome name, Krator. So you know he's an alien because, well, he doesn't have an apostrophe, but he has a hyphen in his name. <laughs> and it starts with a K. I think if I get another pet, I'll name him Krator and Kular. <laughs> well, if, you know, if it's a big one, you can name him Kular. Kular, Kular the, the Massive. Maybe it'll be a Massive. Ooh, a mas- the, uh, the Massive Mastiff. Massive Mastiff. Uh, so, and then it says, uh, while back in the real world of harsh shadows and sharp angles, Captain Marvel and the Avengers still face the, the peril of Thanos, a situation to be resolved with the aid of Spider-Man and the Thing in the pages of the latest Marvel 2-in-1 annual. And if anyone is interested, um, I am, when did you cover that, or have you? Not yet. Because um, I'll admit, I'm behind on... I, I During one of my iPod, one of my computer crashes and then an iPod crash, I lost where I was in a bunch of podcasts. And Oh, I hate when that happens. And actually forgot some that I had. So I've slowly been like remembering, like, wait a minute, I used to listen to this too, and so I've been adding them back in, and I've got to still have a lot to listen to on yours. So sorry yeah. about that. No, but okay. I, I'm just caught up with too. I just caught up with the Fantastic Cast, and they just covered the Marvel Two and One annual. Oh, they um, have got to that. Okay, cool. About four, maybe three or four episodes ago. So about a month or so back, uh, they were covering that. I'm I'm a year behind on them, so I'll get there eventually. Yeah, well, I you was guys, too. I'm just several months behind. Uh, what's my next one? I listened to you guys. Uh, two ninety six, the one of Ian Levinstein. Oh wow, that is because we're up to like three twenty two. So yeah, you weren't even on that one. It said right, right. That was the ones that I missed. Yeah, whoops. Yeah. So but yeah. um, but yeah, the, the most recent one we did, uh, one of the most recent episodes, we were up to Strange Tales one eighty. Mm. So we'll get I there. I, I remember listening to the first few where you had John Wilson, right? Yes. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he he does uh, the warlock issues with me. Mm-hmm. Um. So well, we pretty much covered the art. That you know, I mean, I, I guess I I'll start start a rating on this. Uh, for the cover, I am going to give the cover. My grade will be a um. See, I often get this cover confused with Marvel Two and One Annual, which I think is kind of close to it except i think there's a different i want to say it's the same battle but from a different angle to pull it I'm up i remember that of course i just typed marvell <laughs> two to one and you'll i know everybody everybody's riveted by this riveted come on what are you doing oh okay that's what it was i knew there was somebody picking some, there's it's um 
Thanos is picking up Spider-Man. He's like getting ready to throw him down on top of the thing, and there's a big gem in the background with uh, Adam Warlock's face on it. So it's not quite like this, but it's got kind of the uh, the only thing that's similar is uh, actually nothing. Now that I look at it, not not even the background co- color. So forget <laughs> I said anything. What do we have in common? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just the way I like it. So, all right. So uh, I'm gonna give. I think I'm still gonna give the color uh, the cover. I'm going to give it an A. The interior art, just Gamora's dying scene, the way it's lit and everything, the shadows, and then and then Warlock just losing it um, to the multitude of aliens, to the to how cool the Avengers look in Avengers Mansion, the nice little touch of the of the rain when they come in. It's just so many little details in here that that you could miss. Uh, I'm going to give it an A. And the story, even though, uh, you know, I'm a man of a small brain and I get confused with time travel. So I'm uh, at the end. Uh, but the, 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 the groundwork that this lays and then at, with the next issue of the two in one annual, which we discussed a little bit, how Thanos will go away, will be taken off the table for quite quite a long time. Um, mm-hmm. But will eventually come back as the big bad. I don't think he comes back until the gauntlet. Uh, or a little bit before that in the Silver before. Surfer book? Silver Surfer 34, I believe it is. That's Starlin's first issues. Right, and that builds up to, like, isn't it around issue 50 to where the gauntlet takes place? About Yeah, 50 is definitely a... Uh, is one of them. It's right around either like the, either right before, or like, issue one or two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah it's a slow burn with, with that. Yeah, I'm going to give this A's all around. Yeah, I'm close there with you. The cover I do like a lot, but like I said, there is some. If I'm looking at it as perspective of a kid looking at it, so I'm bringing it down a bit to a B plus. But the art, but the writing and the art. I mean, all the little details, like we said, the rain and the fact that. <clears throat> excuse me. For me, a lot. One thing I like do like about the Bronze Age Marvel is that for a lot of them, they do really. When I'm reading it, they really do make me feel like. This is a contained world that exists, and it, it exists in this time period, though. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not really the same one as the one in the '90s or the 2000s, but you know, this Marvel of the 1970s exists here, and this one does that. Like the fact of that whole shot of New York when they first go to Earth, and you see the rain and the thunder. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he did that, and also the for the writing, again, I will give that an A as well. Because like you said, it's not just the stuff it sets up. It's the fact that he's so pretty much, except for the my issue with that soul gem part of how is he showing up now if he actually was absorbed in the past. But ignore except that part, all the stuff that he had been doing with Thanos and Adam Warlock in the Warlock series and then even Captain Marvel all culminates pretty much here and in the next issue, of course. Mm-hmm. So if you're reading that stuff, it's such a, a payoff. That's the word I'm looking for. Payoff. That's that, what we're looking for in Infinity War. Darn it! Yeah, it's such a good payoff for that. It's like if you put the time and effort in on all this, we're rewarding you. Here you go. Yeah. So overall, it gives it basically adding that up. It's like an A. Yeah. And plus, I love this stuff anyway, so it's nostalgia for me as well. Yep. Well, at this point, we would have Paul give his rating, but Paul's having technical difficulties. What would so... I be rating right now? Oh, hey! I'm sorry. And, and Who is for, that? For anybody listening, I, I got called away because of a a, a minor uh, 
glitch in the system. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so I, I didn't get to participate in the conversation. Are we still on Avengers 7, or did we move on to Thanos number mm-hmm. one? We just really finished it, Avengers actually. Seven? We just, okay, so I'm going to just jump we just in and give my ratings. <laughs> have, have you not been involved in the discussion at all? Well, you did read it. I mean, do you have anything specific you want to mention about it? Uh, just I, I just love the epic nature of Stalin's storytelling in this. It, yes. It, it's one of the you know one of the early examples in my opinion of comics that are cinematic in their presentation uh, and I and I really just enjoyed it especially as the two parter and it, it came if, if I remember right now because I I was buying this from this you know regularly at the time it came out and I seem to remember it being pretty unheralded that they, you know they didn't say oh there's going to be major events and you know in the the Marvel world and you know you need to get Avengers annual 7 and Marvel 2 and 1 annual number 2 there was nothing like that going on it's just you know I happened to pick them up and you know annuals at this point I think still were kind of tr- they tried to treat them as if they were special you know it wasn't okay we're going to put inventory stories or let you know try out artists work on it but just the same I I didn't expect anything of this grand scope when I started reading it, and I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, so I'm giving away my rating as we speak. I, I do think once in a while, though, the Stalin art style just kind of catches me off guard. Like, uh, if you go to page 7, the way Iron Man is walking in the bottom panel, he looks like he's doing keep on trucking. <laughs> so there's little things like that every once in a while that Stalin's art style just kind of catches me off guard a little bit. But overall, I think it's excellent. Uh, you know, that's funny because that's the same panel that we pointed out looked so good because of the rain dripping off the two characters. Yes, coming it does. In. Yes, the detail. It, it, that, that I do. And I, I do didn't like notice that, that Iron Man was doing keep on trucking. trucking. <laughs> and Vision's doing a dance behind him. Like He's doing the Macarena. Dude. That's why Iron Man's so nice. He's still sleeping. <laughs> the shoot's on automatic pilot. It's just recycling old conversations. But the, Yeah, that's what we said because the top one, that he, uh, like, like a page back, he's you know, he's been there for three hours. We're like he's a yeah. I mean, I armor. like the panel layouts that he does in this. You know, the the storytelling I think is is terrific. Uh, yeah, the the artwork itself is is very often dynamic. Uh, you know, he even he even manages to have a dramatic moment with Moondragon on page ten, where uh, where she says it has begun. Like that to me, when I say it's cinematic, I could see that scene in a movie so easily Mm -hmm. and even you know when warlock comes in there's just just so much going on here that i think is so well done he you know he he basically gives you two pages of flashback and gets you right to the store back or actually three pages of flashback and then gets you right back into the story but you know with a giant size annual three pages is fine um yeah and also who knows who was really reading the captain marvel stories or warlock yeah well they they weren't big sellers despite the fact that you know, they're, they're pretty much universally considered to be high quality at this point. Yeah, but I think that, that might have been a bit more of a retroactive. Yeah, well, that's the thing. is, is I don't, They weren't big sellers, but after the fact, I think everybody looked back and said, you know, that was really good. And I think, you know, what we talked about earlier, Al, when you said, you know, you first read them in the, uh, in the re-releases, I think that's when people started to realize. I think Marvel knew that, that you know, what they had. And said, you know, we got to get this out to the audience, and they re-released them. And then I think people started to read them and said, hey, you know what, <laughs> we we, we should have given this more of a chance. But it's funny because he could never sustain it too, though. You know, like Stalin would come in, and you know, more often he would just do kind of a miniseries, you know, the different Infinity miniseries or whatever. Uh, but I don't think he could do a sustained run on a on a regular monthly book that's going to just hold up to that quality. 
Yeah. Well, also because he has issues with Marvel, and he mean he he keeps leaving. I mean, that's the reason Warlock ended at fifty, you know, when it did a, a year or two before this, because he got into an issue with Marvel and left. Yeah, he's he's like the, uh, you know, the the beaten spouse who keeps coming back, saying they're, they're gonna do it different this time. Marvel promised <laughs> they won't hurt me anymore. Because that's what happened, I think, in Warlock and the Infinity Watch. He leaves like ten issues before that series ends because he had problems with him again. Yeah, and and I, you know, I, I'm. Not willing to uh, to jump out on and decide who who you know who was right and who was wrong in that uh, in that problem, but uh, you know just going more into it now. There's there's uh, page thirty. There's that cool splash page of the battle, which is interesting for the white background, uh, and yet it's you know it's so busy. And then there's a diagonal cut in the page, and then it's you know a lot of white in the background, and it's it's just a very strange layout. And Bill knows how much I love plain white backgrounds and yet still i think this looks really cool and we, and we do see uh at least two of the uh, alligator uh, aliens in yes that i mentioned yes. earlier we got a flying monkey from the wizard of oz on one side of captain marvel uh so you know, i mean his he definitely did have his standard look that he would go to uh and then the the pig guy that he's that beast is fighting on the next page is kind of, well, actually vision is fighting it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. looking he he, he he made a lot of strange-looking aliens. I actually missed on that on that splash page, which yeah, even though uh, some before, even though these aliens are strange, you know, I love them still. There's a giant caterpillar alien about to attack a uh, moon dragon. Yes, with one eye. Yeah, it's, it's actually I don't know if it's trying to attack her or if it's just staring at her. Yeah, I'm not touching you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you guys. Gave... I, I would love. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I would love for that original art, by the way. I would love to have that page. I would love to have any of these pages. <laughs> oh yeah. The, the scene when uh, Wall- when Captain Marvel comes in and Warlock is uh, bemoaning what happened to Pip is is kind of powerful. I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just overall, I think this book is really, really good. And then the scene when Warlock gets killed, it's just like, what? What? How did the hell did yeah. that happen? Yeah, two panels and he's down. And then you know, I I assume you touched on it, Al. The uh, the scene that they get to with him taking his own uh, soul with the soul gem uh, yep. is is a repeat of I'm, I couldn't tell you which issue, but from the Warlock series. Warlock eleven, number eleven. I assume you touched on that already. Oh yeah. Yep. So and then you know yeah we get Bill headache don't worry. And then you you, you <laughs> kind of have almost a happy ending with you know Warlock and uh, Pip and Gamora walking into the uh, the soul gem Eden. And then, mm-hmm. and then you have people who he fought and you know waving to him as he's walking over, uh, but is but yet yet he's lying you know face down between Captain Marvel, Thor, and Iron Man on the ground. Uh, so, they, so it's almost they, like you have a complete. They couldn't have story. turned him over, <laughs> but it's almost like you have a complete story here that ends. Yeah, and yet, I mean that, the villain leaves and that's it. They beat him. Yeah, and yet it continues. So it's mm-hmm. it's, it's very well done. Uh, so just to give my ratings, I'm going to give the cover. I'm going to give it two ratings because I think, like I said, as a collector, as a lover of books, I think this is an A cover because I just really find it compelling to me. Uh, for a 13-year-old kid walking into the newsstand, which is where this would have been found when it was coming out, I think it's, a, as we said, a little confusing. I don't know that it's going to catch the eye, and I would say a B- minus for them. Uh, but for me, it's still an A. The story and the art, uh, I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to even go off on it. It's just A. They're both A's. I don't, and, and I'm going to give the book overall an A. I don't know, I don't know how you guys... I didn't get to hear what you... Oh, that's where we were. Pretty much the same. Yeah. 
All right, cool. So that's it for Avengers Annual. Then we move on to I, I get to come back just in time to do my book. I know it was perfect timing. <laughs> which came out in March of 1994, and it was Cosmic Powers number one, uh, featuring Thanos. And the cover actually, uh, the top headline on it says Thanos, and then running along the side, running down the side of the uh, the left side of the cover, it says Cosmic Powers. So you you wouldn't even know that Cosmic Powers was the name of the series if you were picking this up. You would just assume it's no. A I didn't series. know that for a long time. It was very confusing because you had then later you had like Morg, then you have Terax, a couple yeah, others. Yeah. With the so then then to the, underneath the Thanos headline and to the right of Cosmic Powers, there's a, a, a rectangular box, you know, showing Thanos uh, as drawn by Ron Lim and inked by Jimmy Palmiotti. Uh, and he's, it's a, a mid-level shot from kind of from the waist up, but he's uh, crackling with, excuse me, he's crackling with energy, uh, and that's kind of distorting. You're not really seeing any of his body underneath uh, underneath his pecs. You're not really seeing, you're just seeing his fists uh, glowing white hot and a lot of Kirby crackle around them and a lot of Kirby crackle around him, except for some smoke that's coming off of him as well. Uh Fairly solid cover, more of a poster image than anything else, but fairly solid. The uh, story is written by Ron Mars, penciled by Ron Lim, and inked by Jimmy Palmiotti, colored by Tom Vincent, uh, lettered by Ken Bruzanak, and what do we have? Assistant editor Lanair Brust, uh, editor Craig Anderson, editor-in-chief Tom DeFalco, and then we actually have a credit here, Alex J. Logo. So this now is... Is that the Cosmic Power logo, the Thanos logo, or both? I do not know. I would speculate both, but I don't know that for a fact. But I've never seen a logo credited to anyone before. Yeah, I mean, unless they... Uh, well, I think some of them might have been credited in Who's Who, since they did create some logos for characters. But other than that, that's all I can think of. Right. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> so the, the story opens with a double-page double splash of... Uh, Obviously, a, a worse, a post-war scene with just tons and tons of dead bodies, spears, flags, uh, just just a massacre, with one lone figure all the way in the at the horizon, and all you see is a shadow of a uh, of a stocky-looking figure, and we slowly close in on it, and it's Thanos standing over the devastation, and as he's standing there, you see one one man, or one alien, uh, who's green with a purple outfit and he's clearly bloodied already and he reaches over and grabs an axe and then starts to make his way towards Thanos. Thanos opens his arms wide as if to say come on come and get me. Uh, the, the alien starts to run and as he gets closer Thanos basically lays him out. Hits, hits him in the uh, stomach first then in the face then in the face again or then he tries to hit Thanos with the axe. He clips his arm a little bit and Thanos kind of takes that as okay that's enough and he charges up his hand and lets off a blast of energy to finish off well to actually he doesn't finish him off yet he blasts the guy and then follows up with a few punches and then the guy's down and out and Thanos is standing over him triumphant with smoke coming off of him uh, and he, he pulls out a knife he grabs the guy by the back of the head and you could see that he's going to slit the guy's throat but you never actually see that happen but you know it did uh, he says, I'm finished. A ship comes up above the Demeter, or is it Demeter? I don't know. Uh, and Thanos, I guess, is transported up to it. 
He's got a uh, robot crew. Uh, one of them asks him, I trust, I trust your venture provided the diversion you desired, Master. He says it did not. Reputation portrayed the warriors of the Oven mercen- mercenary armies as the deadliest in the known universe. Unfortunately for them, their reputation seems to have been greatly exaggerated. None managed to provide a suitable challenge. So it's basically revealed that he killed all these people just to get a challenge. And he was bored. Yeah, exactly. He's bored, so he goes over to a planet of mercenaries and just slaughters them. He's like the predator. Yeah, I guess in his own way. Yeah. Uh, then he he starts monitoring things to see, you know, what what's doing. He goes back to his home world. He talks about how he does everything in solitude and alone. And he meets up with, or he goes down where he's got a captive, uh, who apparently he took hold of in secret defenders number 13 and it's it's a robot who's demanding his release saying that he's a holy man uh and that he was acquired which he was acquired from zealots who worshipped you so that i can gain access to this information uh thanos takes off his crown puts on some sort of some sort of space cerebro space cerebro yes oh that's a good one and uh probes that guy's mind uh and in doing so, and I, I apologize that I'm not as up on this as I should be, because I read it about two weeks ago when we were supposed to record, and I haven't had a chance to reread. I apologize to everyone. So anyway, he starts fighting the internal. It's it's kind of like uh, Professor Xavier and the Shadow King. He's, he's fighting on, on a different plane against this uh, ninja-type warrior. And Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking of when I read it. And he, he you know, after, after an extensive battle, he takes him out, and that... that leads him to the treasure of that holy man's mind. Uh, eventually, you know, th- the guy st- tries to stand up to Thanos. Thanos just punches him in the throat and says, I take what I desire. And he rests the knowledge because knowledge is power. An accumulation of power is a game of which Thanos has yet to tire. So then you have the symbolic, you know, Thanos standing among all the uh, coins and jewels and gold and diamonds and all sorts of things. But he's still looking for a, uh, a challenge, and he says, The wisdom was incomplete. Uh, you were ignorant of a platitude I could have related from experience. Even one who fancies himself a god may be toppled. It is done. The data has been retrieved and downloaded into the mainframe. Scan for any pertinent information and have it ready for me. I shall join you shortly. So then he goes to the, uh, to the main room. And they they start looking at the at I guess the information that they gleaned from this character, and we see various people. Uh, I guess effectively the uh, heralds of Galactus and their various uh, states of you know what occurred with them. And Thanos eventually decides that uh, that what, I know, listen, I'm just drawing a blank. Uh, what's it? Terax is the one for him to go after because he can be exploited. His lust for power makes him tractable and he can be used for his own ends. The robot servant says, Master, I feel it is my duty to urge you not to act in haste. Tyrant is too dangerous a foe to assail and only and uh, to assail for only the challenge of it. Would it not be in your best? Would it not be best to use caution in this in this matter? Master, <laughs> and Thanos just blows him to bits. And says, uh, other, Which other, it's it. I just want to say something real quick before I get it. It's it's this scene in this book that I could have. I thought when the stuff was said in the Avengers movie, to where his little minion 
turns to him at the end and says to to go against the defenders is to court death. You thought he was going to do the same thing? so thought he was going to do the same thing, but he didn't. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that, especially if this is fresh in your mind. So anyway, he, he asks if there are any others wish, who wish to advise him, and all the robot servants stay silent. He says, I thought not. Make, the, make ready the Demeter. We depart immediately to go in search of my partner. And then they have, there's a, a full-page splash of Terax, and that's the end of this issue. And I don't remember exactly where this series went, but I know it goes on to to highlight... Six issues, at least. Yeah, it's, it, it highlights the various cosmic characters... Uh, and, and yeah, you get Tyrant, you get, I think you get Morg, you get Terax, I think there's one of the Spinster Sisters, Spinsterhood, whatever, I can't remember what the all of them are. Yeah, and it's, this this is an effective prologue to whatever's going to come after it, I don't remember where we go after it, other than that, you know, those characters are featured, but I, I don't have any memory of whether or not it's worthwhile. Uh, but I think I yeah. think it demands a reading on my part. But Al, you may have more familiarity with the whole overall storyline than I do. Actually, I don't, because I was starting college here. So at this point, I was poor and broke as hell. So I my comic buying was pretty much almost non-existent because I didn't have money. I know that feeling. So I am actually I knew of this, but I was complete. This is the first time I've read this issue. Fair enough. So you know, I, fi- I mean, I knew about it, and I figured once I started the show, I'm like, well, I'll get to it eventually, so I'll just read it when I get to it. Right. Yeah. No, that, may- yeah, that no, makes this sense. Was right at the, this was right at the uh, – let me see. If it came out in March 94, it would have been out probably at the end of – It's right 90- after Infinity Crusade. 93, so I was still still in the Navy and still had money to burn, so I think I was still getting all these, but I, I was so far behind on reading them. I mean, it's been a long time since I read this. I know I've read this in the uh, other ones. I just don't remember what happens. Yeah, I think all, all um, three of us are going to need to read the rest of this one. But let's let's just uh, comment on this one then. Uh, like well, I said, I, a thought, nice I, touch. I thought it was an effective prologue. I thought it was, you know, it, it gives us the Thanos character, and it, it gives us to, it gives him to us in a way that where I find him to be oddly appealing as a character. Not you know, not you don't root for him, but you just find him to something. Some sort of he's interesting to, to watch. Yes, like where's his mind going this time around? What's he gonna do? Exactly. Um, and the one thing I'm just hoping for this is that reading the rest is that he's not just bored. Yeah. That he actually has a reason and a plan for this. That is one of the things about Thanos is I I have always seen him as a character that always has some sort of uh, some sort of plan in in place. Yeah, but since he doesn't always tell you about it right away. I'm fine if this is if they don't mention it here, just as long as by the end of the series we know there's a plan. Yeah, but like we said earlier, um, during the first book, unfortunately, a lot of his plans or what ends up being he's he's death's bitch and and wants to you know oh I want to do this to please you. Yeah, but this is after Infinity Crusade, so around this period after like Infinity Gauntlet and stuff for a little while, if you could say let's say they're an on and off relationship, they're off right now. Is this why? So he's actually doing things for himself. This is before Infinity Watch, right? No, this and is he's definitely after. After? Oh, so he doesn't have the gem anymore that um, Warlock well, gave to him. Well, yeah, I don't think he has the gem anymore. I'm not really sure in the time period of that. I know this is after Infinity Crusade. It's right after Infinity Crusade. So it's mm. around issues 20 to 30, somewhere between 20 and 30 of Infinity Watch. Mm. Now, how long he had the gem for, I don't recall. Yeah, because I recognize that house. That was the house he was staying in when when 
they you first discover that that was the um, where Warlock had given him one of the gems because he goes to that planet and they find him. He's like farming, from what I remember. He's yeah. In the field. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, he's, he's using his wearing... armor as like a scarecrow. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty cool touch, actually. Um, I'm, w- I'm wondering if another... we're going to see that Thanos crown in the movie. Mm, well, we've seen it in when he's sitting in the chair and and, and other shots. It's it's it it's been shown before. That's why I find it odd that he doesn't have it on. Mm-hmm. He's wearing like a whole new outfit in the movie. It looks like mm. he can change clothes if he wants. It's his casual outfit. Yeah, casual Friday. Um, a, a nice touch is the name of his ship, the uh, Demeter, which Demeter is the Greek goddess of agriculture, fertility, sacred law, and the harvest, but she is also in charge of the cycle of life and death. Oh, yeah. So, it's like, oh, yeah. Nice little touch. I didn't think about that. That's good. And I do like the I do like the fact that it is penciled by Ron Lim, who... Even though Perez did half the issues of um, Vinny, of Vinny Gauntlet, Ron Lim is probably, in my opinion, the second best artist for Thanos. I always liked Lim stuff on the whole Silver Surfer series. Yes, when he was doing it, I I enjoyed it. I do too, but I don't know if I'd go second. I might go third because I think I still think I prefer Starlin and Perez over Lim. Yeah. Okay, my cons- I mean, hey, it's Perez, so I don't think you know Ron Lim would be be offended by that. <laughs> Would he be offended I'm by Starlin? Doing... I don't know. Just to, to me, Starlin just has such an understanding of the character that. Well, yeah, Starlin's first, definitely. I, I just put Perez. I would put Perez third just because of the amount of issues that Ron Lim has done with Thanos compared mm-hmm. to well, Perez. You know, Perez only really did three. We had a conversation one time, and, and we we never really did do. We were talking about doing a show on it, of through the years, who the best artist who handled a character is, and who the best most well connected to that character is because it's not always the same okay i can see what you're so, saying and, and I, i'm not going to say that ron lim is the most connected to him but ron lim certainly you know he would be an example of somebody who you could make that argument for that even even if you don't consider him the best he still might be in you know in some people's minds the quintessential artists of that character i can see that Do you have any anything more on this one, Bill? Uh, I realized I was muted. <laughs> I'm going. Ah, <laughs> uh, what? What do you what do you no, think? Of, what do you think of that battle? The the battle uh, site scene, the the double page spread. I mean, it's pretty. Uh, I, I don't want to say graphic, but it's it's Gruesome. pretty. Uh, yeah, makes me think of you know maybe he's doing a he's doing a little Bruce Lee or like an armor. Come on, I'm here. Kill me. Come on. I, I look at it wipes. and and I see like the the red background on it and everything. You know, it's supposed to be, I guess, at sunset, but mm-hmm. it, it just kind of gives almost a bloody look to it. Yeah, which yeah, which I with think all is, the, is very just, effective. Like, these torn flags and spears and swords sticking in the ground, and everybody's basically dead except for this one dude who puts up a pretty who, good fight, considering like he you could see like when he's first getting up, he's shaky. He actually yeah, because it's uses nice touch that he to uses himself up. Yeah, he uses that to, to, to yeah, pull himself up off the ground. and I mean, he gives it his all, but it's just not enough. Just not enough with Thanos. Thanos comes to town. He does He does manage to slice his arm. That's ah, a flesh wound. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I really, like I said, I really enjoyed this, and it makes me want to read the rest of them. So 
I'm going to have to do that at some point. Of course, I've said that with so many different series on this show that it's almost yeah. silliness. I know. It's got to find the time. Yeah. So, but uh, I guess you know, I guess we can give it a rating at this point. I would say, I'm, I'm, I find the cover to be a little bothersome with just having the little box in there, and it's kind of like a throwback to that time period in the in, in the seventies where you were boxed in. Yeah. It, it, I mean, the branding's a little confusing yeah, because I know each of these has 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 the title at the top. Like I bought some of them, not even realizing they were all related with saying cosmic powers because i think they're all number ones i didn't um, I'm not, think so i'm not sure i'll check that what or but it's so like you would miss it if you weren't really looking for it let me take a look real quick because i know i had a hard time figuring out how many um issues were in this series cosmic powers marvel oh uh-oh <laughs> no, that's right. I was going to say, there might be someone missing. <laughs> so it went Thanos, Cosmic Powers 2 is Terax, Cosmic Powers 3 is Jack of Hearts, and Ganymede is one of the Sisterhood. Oh, jeez, I clicked on it, and then it's wanting to... There we go. Oh, come on. I think it's, it's Gamide, yeah, ga- Gamide. <laughs> Gamma Day, maybe? Gam- I don't know. Gamma Day, And then we got um, number four is Legacy, who was uh, eventually renamed Captain, Captain Marvel's Marvel. son. He's Captain yeah. Marvel's test tube baby, isn't he? Something like that, yeah. And then Morg, uh, who was one of Thanos' other uh, heralds. And then Tyrant, who I think... can't remember Tyrant's full backstory. I know... I don't think he was... Maybe he was a herald of Galactus as well. Yeah, I think he was. But, but then I, he like really got too big for his britches, and Galactus couldn't control him, so he cut him loose. That that seems to be so. a common storyline. <laughs> yeah, or a yeah. common occurrence. And then we also so, yeah, we was, had Cosmic Powers Unlimited. First one was Silver Surfer. Second one was Silver I Surfer. I don't even remember Third that. Third one was Silver Surfer. Huh. Fourth one, I Silver Surfer. I don't, I don't, and the fifth I don't know one, if I have you just see, I'm looking at that, Silver Surfer. All Silver Surfer in Cosmic Powers Unlimited. I think though that was a uh, you know the Unlimited books were bigger, so I don't think I don't think it was just a single story. I think there were uh, you know a couple, so it would be Silver Surfer and somebody else in each book. Hmm. Yeah, I see those now. I don't know if I have all those. Damn you! Damn you! <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, ninety-five. This was when I was out of the Navy and living the life of a of a married man with no money. Yeah, I know that how that feels too. <laughs> Newly meant, newly married with uh, didn't have a didn't have a, a child yet, so maybe I was still spending some money. Oh, uh, I guess uh, you ready to rate it? Yeah. Oh, you were rating the cover. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. That's okay. Not a problem. Uh, so let me just get back to it here. The cover. Like I said, I find the layout a little bothersome. Although I don't think this picture would have worked well in a conventional cover layout. Uh. No, because it would have been covered up by the stuff on the side and the top. Like, well, I mean, e, 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 even if you ditched the cosmic powers logo on the side mm-hmm. and expanded it, uh, it still would have got cut up by the, the UPC code. Would have covered up one of his fists. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, I think. Uh... I mean, I guess you could have just expanded, not put the border, and just let it breathe a little bit. Now, I, and just have 
the smoke and the energy stuff just underneath the title. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, there are ways to have done it, but uh, I, I mean, I bought this issue when it was new, based more on my intrigue by the character of Thanos than by looking at the cover and thinking it was anything special. Uh, but I do like the cover. I think it's it's good. Uh, I'm gonna say a B minus. I mean, it's 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 better than average, but it's not spectacular. The interior art, I think, is a step up from that. I think it's it's pretty solid. I don't think it quite reaches A, but I think it's B plus material. I think it, it you know it, it's 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 really good. I don't have much criticism of it at all. I just don't think it quite reaches A. Uh, and the story, I would say the same thing. I'd say a nice you know solid B plus. And overall, I think I'd give the book a you know B to a B plus somewhere in that range. Hmm. Uh, trying to remember this. This cover, like when I first saw it in the stands, so long ago, 1994. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got this one off the stands. Uh, the other ones I might have got back later through back issues. By the stands, uh, I mean the comic book store. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, to me, that was the stands. So it wasn't a newsstand. Well, no, but at this time, you still could have got um, books in, in the grocery store. But I, wasn't. I was getting but some excellent. Oh. Um, I'm going to give, uh, the cover, I guess, uh, yeah, I would have liked to have seen it a little bit more, a little bigger. Um, but I'm going to give it a, a B for, I want it bigger. And the interior art, um, like I said, I like Ron Lim. Got no real issues with him, with, uh, with this art. Um, I'm going to give that a B plus a minus in the story. It's a prelude. It's setting things up nice. That is going to end up being a um, B plus A minus as well. So I think we're looking at like a B B plus A minus book, like right right there in the in the middle ish. Uh, Al, do you have uh, you want to rate it? Sure. All right. Let's start with the cover. Cover's decent. It's not my favorite Thanos cover. Um, I mean, it's early on for Palmiotti, and I'm wondering if that's why, because this Thanos seems a little different than the Thanos we get inside. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Good point. Although he does, he has the inker on it too, but it still just seems a little different than the Thanos. Like that first page when, we, when you actually first get the close up of Thanos, it definitely looks like a little different version. So maybe it's all the energy. I don't know, but the cover's okay. He looks a little bit more yeah. lean on the cover. Yeah, and the fact that we have the big Thanos up top, obviously at 94, would definitely grab people's attention. But it's still decent enough. I'm not a big fan of the background imagery they have there. I'm not sure. It's supposed to be space, but it kind of looks like plaid to me or something, like just busy colors. So I'm just going to give that a straight-up B. The story and the art, however, I really do enjoy. I did enjoy a lot. Like I said, I really enjoyed Ron Lim's work on Thanos. I like the design of the robots. Um, The only thing that's an issue, technically, could be the character of Tyrant. Who, like most, you know, early '90s characters, has gritted teeth. He's half cyborg, and he has cables for like dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. Those would be so. cave locks. <laughs> but I do like some of the artwork, especially the part where he slits the guy's throat, and you just have that black panel with just the red line. That that, was that re- seems like a Frank Miller thing, doesn't it? I can see that, or I'm. I think I've seen that in like a Frank Miller comic. I would be surprised. So I'm gonna give both, and like I said, the story. It's going to depend, though. If in the later issues we find out, when I read them, I find out that Thanos actually has a plan, I'm going to be very happy. If Thanos is really just that bored, I mean, 
I can see him getting bored, but I don't know. He doesn't. He never. He always has a plan. He always has a master plan, even when he tells everyone he doesn't. But I'm going to assume he does have a plan because Ron Mars is a pretty decent writer. So I'm going to give the, both of them. It's not Starlin, but it's still pretty good for not being Starlin. So I'm going to give both those an A minus. Yeah, that's fair enough. And the book overall. So that actually, so actually, overall works out to be the same as the uh, other one, A minus. I really enjoyed this. It was a nice surprise from that time period. Because, you know, you think you hear 90s and especially Marvel in like 94 when you know, everyone left and they were all trying to scramble around. Yeah, well, I think the 90s are placed too much in a uh, universal description. I, I think there's a, a very, very w- wide variation of what you could expect from 90s books. And to try and say they're all bad or they're all good is just foolish. Yeah, no, because there's a lot of good stuff out there. But I also think of... Uh, like the 2099 books towards the end of the run, like I guess everyone left and there's like one issue where you all call you one issue, like one month where you can see all of a sudden everything was done as a fill in and everything looked like it was done overnight. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I, was, I, I can't argue with it there, but that's also the, the way the ultimate books seem to get too. <laughs> so why don't we move on to our third book? Cause I think we're, I don't know how long the show is running, but we're running late. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's plenty of stuff we can cut out. Oh, there will be a lot of cutouts. You could do a whole extra episode of just the cutout stuff, probably. Uh, we, we'll try to avoid that. Okay, so where are we? Here we are. Okay, so our last book is Thanos number one, but not the current series, the one from 2003. Epiphany, written in pencil by Jim Starlin, inked by Al Milgram, colored by Heroic Age and Christy Scheel, Christy lettered by Dave Sharp. Assistant editors were Mark Sumarak and Andy Schmidt, edited by Tom Brevoort. Joe Casado was the editor-in-chief at the time, and this was at the time period when Bill Jamis was the president of the company, and his name was on every issue. So, his story starts with Thanos again on a destroyed planet, with this kind of weird energy creature flying around him. Until Adam Warlock blasted away, basically because it's harmless, and but he was worried that Thanos would get annoyed and kill it. Which Thanos look harmless to me. <laughs> yeah, it kind of looked evil, but apparently it wasn't. It was harmless, but and, and apparently Thanos would have killed it. And Thanos <laughs> is contemplating and thinking about stuff, and he's on one of the uh, Rigel Three, and uh, apparently he's well, sort of him had destroyed it because there was a thing going on recently, recently where a bunch of uh, Thanos. Thanos have been appearing all over the Marvel Universe, and Jim Starlin did a series where basically revealed that most of them were just kind of uh, clones that Thanos made, and they got out on their own and did stuff. I, and I like the fact that they were like, uh, they weren't just clones, but they were like imperfect clones. It was kind of like, uh, if you ever saw the movie Multiplicity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and, and that's, it, it was, it was a, you know, it's, it's like saying, you know, they're all Doombots or whatever, but it explained how, like, Kazar could beat Thanos. Exactly. And also, apparently, the uh, Thor, the Thanos that was teeping with Magog in Thor, which I think was the run that Jan Jorgens was writing, I think. I know John Romita Jr. is penciling it. Apparently, that's the Thanos that destroyed this planet. And then oh, Thanos yeah. goes over his origin, and this is where we get the whole thing about um, he was, the, you know, born to Mentor and Suisan, and he was, you know, did some stuff, you know, he did some experiments. Apparently, a couple subjects died. His dad wasn't happy about it, so kicked him off the planet, and he came back like a century or two later and nuked it. Unfortunately, his father and brother were off planet, but mom was there, and she died. Oops. 
Yep. And then he kind of flashes back through all the Infinity stories. Actually, he flashes back through all of them. The Captain Marvel Cosmic Cube story, the Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, Infinity Crusade, and then the Marvel The End series, which features the death of Thanos at the time. And so Thanos was believed to be dead at that at the end of that series, and that was the last time he had appeared before this. Although apparently Adam Warlock just always knew he wasn't dead. He just didn't realize that Thanos wanted people to think he was dead. Which I like that. It's like, I didn't know you were in hiding. What is he, Incredible Hulk? Yeah. Thanos is he, dead, and the world must believe he must go on believing he's dead. <laughs> Until you can conquer the raging beast within him. <laughs> oh, wait, that's just me anyway. <laughs> so he has a mission of his own, and he's heading towards Rigel, uh, the new planet of the Regilians, and Adam decides to accompany him. And they head there, and the Regil- uh, they head there, and the Regilians attack, but they really can't do anything. And Thanos does something bizarre. He surrenders. Captain Picard's. <laughs> he did the Picard maneuver. <laughs> totally psyched him out. He surrenders there and says, basically, I'm sorry, and I want to make amends. I'm not sorry, huh? <laughs> yeah. But let's, that's the thing with Thanos. You know you can't believe him. Although, I think this is the first time he actually tried something like that, so... And Adam is a little confused. He's like, uh, we should have talked about this before. Like, yeah, well, you know, I've done everything else. Well, maybe I'll try surrendering and see how this goes, because I'm bored. Oh, and one other thing about this issue is throughout the issue, uh, randomly interspaced and then more and more common, we have these panels starting small, getting bigger of blackness, and then slowly in the blackness you see light showing up, and it turns out these lights are eyes. Yeah, that starts way back on, like, the third page with one little tiny little black square in, in, in the corner and then it, that black square like changes shape a few times and then slowly gets bigger and wider and then it get, and it stays at a certain width and then yeah then these pair of yellow eyes slowly open like they're sensing something and then yeah then it was like the last one of the like the next to last page um, it, yeah you know they say it, it, it looks kind of like a a pair of the eyes that you would see at the beginning of uh, the old Scooby-Doo cartoon? Yes. Mm. <laughs> so and it you, begins! And you have one bigger, one smaller, and it kind of reminds me, even though he didn't draw it, uh, do you remember the DC miniseries The Weird by Starlin and Bernie Wrightson? Yes. That The weird character had that look of his eyes. like One was like really big and one was a lot smaller. Mm. I think that's another Starlin trope that he's used frequently in a lot of his artwork. Yeah, even though that one I mentioned, it was Bernie Wrightson doing the draw art, but yes, that's, I remember I know, I can't remember off the top of my head where, but I know I've seen that kind of thing with Starlin before. I think I think what he does, he use, he's used that often where he's trying to show somebody in like a uh, you know, metaphorically in, a, in like insanity or whatever. Mm. But, uh, you know, he, he's kind of got a receding hairline Adam Warlock in this. I'm, I'm not really crazy about the look that he gave him here. It's not that he's badly no, drawn. he's got the widow's peak. Yeah, he's not badly drawn. I just don't like the character model the way he changed it for this. Especially where, that, where the widow's peak points to the gem on his head. Like, mm-hmm. See? See? Look, I got a gem. A little too much like the vision there. Mm. I don't know. It's, I mean, it's okay. Like I said, I, I like the artwork. I just, my complaint, excuse me, my complaint is the character model on that one. I can't argue with you on that one. I'm not. It's not my. Even though it's Starlin doing it, it's not my favorite interpretation of Adam Warlock. Yeah, <laughs> where when he comes down and lands next to the first time he lands next to he Thanos, looks like he's going tra la la through the forest. <laughs> it's, like, it's 
it's like, got jazz hands. I was going to say, jazz hands, wonderful. I'm just thinking of Bugs Bunny and Sherwood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to come tra-la-la through the forest. Tra-la-la. Oh, yeah, with the uh, the rather loud, uh, oh, I was thinking of Little Red Riding Hood. No, yeah, yeah you're thinking of, hey, Grandma. Hey, Grandma. I'm thinking of all. You, you shouldn't have ordered, you shouldn't have said that because there he is right now. Welcome to Sherwood. <laughs> but there's some great. Uh, otherwise, there's some great work. I mean, what is that? That uh, one, two, three. That fourth page where you see Adam and Thanos standing on the building, looking out over that city. I mean, that's almost George Perezian. Like that whole city. It's not just random squiggles in the background. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's really detailed. The work overall is very detailed, and that's that's just a, another Stalin trademark. Uh, I would say it does look like it's computer ink, computer colored. It does have that. Early, I don't know if it's early computer color, coloring at 2003, or if it's, you know, if they've gotten far into it at this point. But it does. It's you know, it, it's it's very. It's not very simple in the coloring. And, well, say but I think it looks Christian good. Steel and heroic age colorist. So I'm assuming that's a company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it looks good. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that as a criticism. I'm just saying uh, that you know it, it does look to me to, to not be hand colored. Overall, I like this book. I, I like the story. Uh, again, much, much, very, very, very much like the Cosmic Powers issue. You know, you read it, you're intrigued by what's going on. You, you know that Thanos probably has some kind of an ulterior motive in what he's doing. Uh, you know, you don't you, you don't think he's truly repentant, uh, but no, you're wondering where no. he's going to go and what he's going to do. You know, what what is he trying to use the Rigelians for? You know, exactly. What's, what's his, his plan? Yeah. Plus, we get to see little babe, little boy Thanos. <laughs> yeah, I always get a kick out of when they show him as a little kid. And that's how you know he's a teenager because he dresses like a character from Masters of the Universe. He has that sash hanging out down the middle of his belt. <laughs> That's teenage Thanos. No, he also yeah. he, he 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 had. I guess that's where his skin problem started. <laughs> Scroll acne. Yeah. Scratch. And, and I don't know if I. Ha- I mean, eventually, by the time I get to the, by the time I get this on the on the, my podcast, I'll know for certain. But I don't know if this is the first time that Starlin, because originally when the uh, when the Titans were introduced, you know, mentor Thanos and Star Fox, mm-hmm. they were just a splinter group from. Uh, the, the Olympians. No, they, they were Olympians. Yeah, they weren't Is Eternals pre- originally. It's, it's, oh, they, their introduction predates the Eternals. Yeah, because that was right around the time that Kirby was still doing the New Gods. Yes. So that's before he came back to Marvel. And then later on, they were Eternals. And here, I don't know if this is the first time it's done where Starlin kind of at least kind of figures out how to put it together to make it make sense. Because it says, within me, flo- within me flows the blood of Olympian gods. Modified at the whim of the celestial Zarin the Tester, the Titans were a splinter group from Zarin's initial test subject, the Eternals. Mm-hmm. So it kind of at least puts them together. I mean, I don't know if it was needed to or not at this point, but it was nice that he at least did that. Yeah, no, know, I, for I, all of us podcasters, I, I like when they put things together and they don't make it into a blatant retcon where it's like just forget everything you read before. You know, I, I like, I preferred, I always enjoy like the Kurt Busiak or Jeff Johns way of taking prior history that you have and just making it make sense with what you're doing now. Yeah, or Peter David, like when he did the Grey Hulk. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And the dog agrees. Exactly. Well, that's the important thing. <laughs> so, Any more thoughts on this? 
Okay, I guess we can get into ratings then. Al, it's your book, so you go first. All right. Well, writing the story, I am, let's see, the cover. Hold on, I lost my cover. There we go. The cover is just basically a big thing of Thanos standing there. Now, it's good enough to get me in because it has Thanos. And I've always been a sucker for Thanos and Adam Warlock, hence why I would do a show on them. Um, <laughs> it's not the most exciting of covers, though. I mean, it's just Thanos standing there. I mean, yeah, his hand's doing the glowing energy thing, but that's it. <clears throat> but it's still pretty decent. Um, I don't know. I kind of want to say it's a uh, good thing, and the other one's good, too. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm feeling like a record here, but I feel like I'm going to be giving this the same score as the other ones. The cover's decent. Not great, but decent, so I'm giving it a B. Uh, was really happy with the story, so that's definitely an A. The art is good, except my problem with the Adam Warlock. Because, like we said, he has that weird look to him that doesn't, that looks like somebody else is drawing him, but it's Jim Starlin and Al Milgram. They should know how to draw Adam Warlock. <laughs> you would think. But I, as I said, I think it's that they actually decided to change the character model. I don't, yeah. I don't think it's that they don't know how. I think that they, they made a conscious effort to make him look different. Yeah, I'm just not too thrilled with that. So I'm going to give that a A minus. I mean, a B plus. No, a minus. Because otherwise the rest of the art's amazing still. So basically it still works out the way before the other issues. A minus. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing the same thing over, but I just really like these issues. Yeah, no, I, I, I generally agree with you. Uh, I would have to say of the three, this is the weakest, but not by much. Uh, for example, start with the cover. It's a, it's similar in theory to the other cover. It's Thanos on a fairly, you know, mid, mid, uh, level shot, uh, with energy fr- coming from his hand, uh, and yeah. no real explanation as to the, what, st- what the story is. So it's, it's very similar in theoretically to what we got in the prior one. And I like the artwork in the prior one better. I just, the only thing I had a problem with with the prior one was, you know, kind of the, uh, the trade dress and the way that they had it set up. So I'm going to give this one just a plain B. Uh, actually, I'm going to give this a B minus. Uh, I, I think that's where it lands for me. The interior artwork, I agree with you, with the exception of, of dainty uh, Warlock landing <laughs> landing uh, and giving jazz hands. Uh, I think the artwork <laughs> is all really, really good. Uh, you know, again, we question the character model on, on Warlock, but not the actual artwork of Warlock. Uh, I think it's it's a artwork, but I think it's just it doesn't set itself aside quite enough. So I'm going to just put it at an A minus. Uh, but I could easily be convinced that it's an A. Uh, yeah. And story wise, my biggest problem with it is it feels very very much like the last issue. You know, Thanos is has got some sort of ulterior scheme we don't know what it is yet and we leave off okay he's gonna you know he's gonna put start putting it into motion uh yeah i I think about that so you know there is a a little bit of a feeling of been there done that to it and for that reason i'm going to just give a a straight up b on the story and i'll give the book overall a b plus yeah i mean it it is kind of funny it is kind of more of the same although a slightly different end game right now but you know, and it raises the same peaks the same interest. I don't, I don't know how much of this this particular series I own. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, the cover, yeah, the covers. It's kind of like it, like we got a different camera angle from the last issue we just did. You know, and he's raised his fist and they've given him a full cover to 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 display it in this time. And we've lost a bunch of Kirby crackle. 
So uh, I'm going to give the cover a B. The interior, I really like this interior art um, a little bit more than, I mean, in some respects, it's maybe it's just like there's a lot, lot, lot more in the backgrounds. And that could be just because of the uh, the coloring process they're using with all the stars and everything. It's just really, really a lot more detailed um, than we had in the Avengers Annual Um but I'm still going to give it like a, I'm going to give it an A. And then the story, again, we're intrigued. Where's it going to go? Um, I'm going to give it a B minus. So uh, like a B minus or B plus, A minus book again. I know that's pretty much what I'd be giving, I'd be giving all, all, all night. I think all of us have. Yeah, pretty much. But it, uh, you know what? I think it says that all three of us liked all three issues. Uh, you know, there <laughs> might be a slight variation on uh, the like. And I think that the variation isn't all that dramatic. Uh, I think the biggest difference is that the first issue covered is more of a seminal book. It's so it's 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 in the Marvel must reads, whereas these other two are just ones that are were enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I guess that's about it for uh, for our Thanos score episode. Uh, everybody, you know, write in, let us know what you think of these books. Let you, let us know what you think of the movie when you see it. Uh, but in the meanwhile, Al, why don't you tell everybody again where they can find you? Oh, well, you can find me on my show, Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. Just really, in most podcatchers or iTunes, just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos. It's pretty much one of the only things that pops up for that. And you go to the show's homepage, of course, uh, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. And then also, real quick, I do have a second show I do called The Pop Culture Palace Presents. Uh, you can find that hosted on the website, thepopculturepalace.com. Kind of more of a hodgepodge show where I have like three or four different shows I do on there on that feed. Uh, one or two about comics, one with my wife about TV shows and movies. And uh, yeah, so uh, right now on the main feed on that show, one of the shows we're doing, um, we're doing a kind of retrospective on the different comic book ages. So there's a couple people there, including me, John Wilson, Brian Zeno and W. Blaine Dowler going over each age and trying to figure out what makes it that comic age. You know, what's the specifics of the Golden Age and the Silver Age and the Bronze Age and et cetera? Very, very difficult to, to totally tie that down. <laughs> so, But that could be some interesting listening, I think. And I, I think I have to get to that one myself. But uh, mm-hmm. thanks for coming on and taking the time to, to do the shows. And I and I do say plural, shows with us, Al. So what? I'm on again? When did that happen? In the future, but it happened already. Okay. Oh, I please. Think. No, my head. No. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy, all rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to two true freaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the two true freaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, 
and we'll see you next week. All right, hold on. I got to chase the cat out of here. Get out of here. Go. Get out of here. I'm not feeding you. Go. 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 Here. How about a boot to the ass? Now, go. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Goddamn cat.